Are you living like you love yourself? Hello there, it is Shara Carruthers here. And you know, that's really the question that I'm exploring um, in my life, in my work, in this podcast. And it's something that I've come to after more than a decade of this practice of and sharing of Ayurveda and of yoga. You know, I think we kind of like to, we like to make things complicated. And what I've realized in the process of trying to break things down and simplify things for myself, just in order to make it possible (laughs) to get my head around them and practice them, I've come to this understanding that the practice of yoga and Ayurveda, um, and in in many ways, um, even more than that, um, it's really all about asking ourselves or supporting us, I suppose, in this process of living like we love ourselves. And so I'm wondering, what does this idea mean to you? So I could tell you, for me, living like you love yourself is, in short, it's living in a way that honors who you are at every level of your being. It's recognizing that who you are is so much more than how or what you think or your physical appearance or your current situation or life circumstances. And maybe this is something that you've heard before, because I do think that it's talked about, but it in my opinion, it's probably not talked about enough because in a world where our external power is often contingent upon, uh, you know, our physical appearance or on our current situation in life or upon how we think, living like you love yourself is a process. It's a challenge. It's an opportunity to optimize your power, your internal power by connecting you deeply with what feeds you and also with what stops you so that you can begin to make informed and more powerful choices about how you live your life and what you surround yourself with, no matter how limited or unlimited that those choices may be. It's about it's about being present in the world and with yourself enough to make choices that serve who you truly are. And so I certainly have, you know, in over the years in, in um, embracing this idea of living like you love yourself and even asking that question, um, I've recognized in myself and also in others that that question, are you living like you love yourself can actually bring up little pangs of guilt or even shame, um, And I'm certainly no exception to that. Um, I've got all the books and, you know, I'm, you know, everybody, we all, we all think, well, I've got all the books and I'm doing the yoga and I'm trying to meditate. I'm trying to eat healthy and, but I'm not really that great at it. Right. And so we feel a little bit guilty about this idea that, you know, even just the question living like you love yourself, are you living like you love yourself? It, it might seem to um, set some sort of, high bar for living. Um, and so if that, even if, if holding that question brings up any kind of shame for you 
or any pangs of guilt, I really want to invite you to let any of those feelings of inadequacy or aggravation around this question go. Um, Just let them go because as much as we're bombarded with rules and instructions and tools and models and mentors and, and, and mentors and, and options, um, you know, in many cases to the tunes of tens of thousands of media messages every day about how to, how to be a better me, how to, how to be a better you. It's just a few easy steps and, you know, plus shipping and handling away, you know, your best you just follow these little steps. The reality is the work of loving yourself. The work of loving ourselves is anything but easy. And in fact, it's never truly done. And that's because it's this, in many, it's this process of unlearning a lot of what we've been taught all of our lives, while at the same time developing the courage to be curious about who we are and what we really want. And so I want to kick off this series by breaking this down a little bit. I've done, as I mentioned, I've done a lot of thinking about this idea of living like you love yourself and what it's all about. Um, and, and for me, it's at the very center of my own inquiry um, into the practice of living. And so I've sat with it for a while. And I thought that I would just share with you some of what I've come to, because perhaps it might resonate with you. Um, and might support you in your thinking and in your practice in some way. And so let's just start with this idea of love. And so like all words, love is a word that our culture has co-opted and given meaning and value to through imagery and through even more words, right? And so imagine, you know, as I'm as I'm talking and as, as you hear this word love, when you hear that word, um, just consider like tune into what comes up for you, right? What, what you're, what you're feeling in your, in your body or what images come up in your mind. When we hear the word love, we have an immediate sense of what the right quote unquote right answer is. Right? We have an immediate sense of what love is supposed to be for us, right? how it's supposed to feel, what we need to do or have or be in order to earn it. Uh, but I want to invite you to create some space around this conditioned picture of love and take a moment just to consider what love really means to you. What does it really mean? If you strip away everything that you've ever been taught about how love should look or act or feel, if you let go of the word even and connect to the sensations in the body and the body mind, what do you end up with? I ask this because we all have ideas about what it looks like or what it means to love ourselves, right? We've been taught this from a very young age, what it means it looks like to love ourselves. 
right? Shopping sprees and bubble baths and spa days and holidays and new cars. Um, have a think about, you know, when you think about this idea of loving yourself, what's the first, what are the first things that come up for you? Treating yourself, right? But consider, are those ideas truly yours? Do they speak to what it takes to create that sensation, those sensations, those deep, that deep experience in your body mind of love? I can say, you know, having been, having, um, having been in the middle of talking about this idea and, and exploring this idea of self-love for some time now, uh, with others and obviously, you know, working on, working with this idea personally, what I know is that for many of us, loving ourselves is the most, one of the most challenging things to do, right? We can love others or we can, we can direct our love outward you know, to our pets or our friends or family members or even, you know, physical objects to some degree. Um, but turning that inside, truly turning it inside and feeling it in the same, with the same degree of intensity and commitment is an incredibly challenging thing for us to do. And so I have to wonder why, why is that? I wonder, have you ever asked yourself that question? Why is that? Could it be because we're trying to live up to an impossible idea of what love is? And when we do this, when we try to live up to these impossible ideas of what love actually is, when we do this, love loses. This idea of love, it loses. And so do we. Yeah, we lose our potential and we lose our power. And so I really, you know, part of why I'm, I'm wanting to focus this, um, I'm wanting to shift the focus, I should say, of this podcast is because I really want to dive into talking about this idea of loving ourselves, of living like we love ourselves. I want to break it down. I want to ask the hard questions. I want to sit with the hard questions because I feel like, I feel like as a, as a culture and even as individuals, I feel like we've been skating over it. I feel like we've been existing at the surface of this idea. And I feel like there's a lot, there's a lot to be mined. I, th I feel like there's a lot deeper that we can, there's far deeper um, inquiries that we can dive into around this. And I also feel like doing that together, supported uh, in this open forum to some degree. I mean, you're over there and I'm over here, but creating this open forum for really diving into this discussion, I feel like it's something that can serve us all. 
Because what I've noticed in those little glimpses, those, those moments in my experience where I've felt that intense intensity of love turned inward, what I've gathered from that and when, I, when I've seen it in, in others, what I've gathered is that love wins when we can begin to feel comfortable in our own skin. Love wins when we can begin to feel centered in our spaces and in our bodies. Love wins when we can begin to trust and follow our, our inner knowing rather than being slaves to our patterns of distraction and ignoring and numbing and pleasing and resisting and craving and judging. And yes, even our patterns of loving. I wanted to share a quote from Bell Hooks, which I really love. And it's one of the best guides to how to be self-loving is to give ourselves the love that we often dream about receiving from others. One of the best guides to how to be self-loving is to give ourselves the love that we often dream of receiving from others. Now, there are lots of words out there. That, that are helping to support this process of self-love, right? This process of developing self-love. And I'm really hoping um, in, this, in this season to, to bring as many of those to you as possible, because I think every, just like anything, you know, every new take that we get on it gives us access to some, deeper way of understanding and practice for ourselves. And so, as I mentioned, you know, I thought a little bit about this and I've, in the way that I do, in the way that I like to simplify things, I've broken down this idea of living like you love yourself into a few different ways of being that I think can provide support or provide some structure for this idea of living like you love yourself. And so I want to share those with you. And I want to talk with you a little bit about how I'm looking to explore these in the podcast or in the conversations, at least that I have. So what are these three ways of being that provide support or structure for living like you love yourself? Well, the first is knowing yourself. And I won't, I won't dive too deeply into each of them just yet, but the first is knowing yourself. The second is choosing yourself. And the third is sharing yourself, knowing yourself, choosing yourself, sharing yourself. And I hope as I'm saying these words that, that you'll, that each of these ideas really lands softly and lovingly with you, right? Without judgment or criticism, you know, inner criticism, that they land in a place that you can truly receive them. And so I wonder, you know, how have these, how have these landed for you? How are you holding these ideas of knowing yourself and choosing yourself and sharing yourself? What comes up when you hear these words? And so I want to start with knowing yourself. So knowing yourself is this practice of tuning in and, and signaling a willingness to listen 
and eventually trust your inner knowing. So I've been fascinated with this, <clears throat> with the idea of developing a, a, a healthy relationship with my inner knowing and my intuition. People have different ways of, of you know, of calling this sort of the same experience. And what I've learned is that when we practice listening within, when we are curious about ourselves, right? when we're curious about, when we, when we shine a curious light on that inner knowing and about and on our, the ways in which we're holding and processing the world, when we tune into our practices and our patterns, when we tune into even just the way that our body engages with uh, the world around it, the food we eat, the temperatures that we're experiencing, the weather, the, the people, when we begin to pay attention, we're signaling a willingness to love ourselves in many ways. Right? We're giving these most subtle clues or the most subtle messages that we're worthy of being loved. And I think that I, that's why I think it has to start with knowing yourself, because the way that it typically happens is that we, you know, some, from the outside, someone gives us a practice or they, you know, they tell us, you know, just do this, just, you know, just meditate or just eat this way or just move in this way or just talk or or uh, inhabit this way of being and so we try right we put our efforts and our attention to that as opposed to starting with paying attention as, as opposed to starting with uh, tuning in and noticing What's there? What feeds us truly? What feeds you? Right? What nourishes you? And what does it even feel like to be nourished? How do we know we're there if we don't know what it feels like to be there? How can we begin to trust ourselves if we don't even know ourselves? Ayurveda and yoga have taught me that this inner knowing that we have is more powerful than we give it credit for. It's more powerful than we have a sense for. It knows who we are. It knows what we really want. It knows what we really need. It knows what gets in our way. And it knows how to get out of our how to, it knows how we need to get out of our own way. And so it's important to start there with knowing ourselves. And I think that in many ways starts with knowing that we're more than just a mind and a body. Right? There's a, there may be a vast amount to know. Right, a vast amount that is constantly in flux. Which can get overwhelming. And I think that even just that idea 
has been part of what has kept many of us from diving in. And so how can you hold that truth, right? That truth that you are a vast body of wisdom and knowledge that is constantly in flux. How can you hold that truth softly? In a way that won't overwhelm you. In a way that piques your curiosity. In a way that invites your love and attention. And so this question of knowing yourself, all the many ways that it is possible, the questions to ask, um, the ways in which I practice this and the ways in which some of, some of the people who I'm most intrigued by, um, in love with in terms of their, their philosophies of life and the way that they practice life. These are the questions. These are the things that I'll be exploring in this in this season of the podcast. We're going to dive into knowing yourself and we're going to invite you to join us on this adventure. And my hope, as always, is that you find something of yourself in the process. And maybe that's a maybe that's about letting go of something. And maybe that's about embracing something. Most likely it's about both. But what I'm hoping to share with you um, is some thoughts, some, as I mentioned, some inquiries, some inspiration, and hopefully a little bit of motivation and support for diving into this practice, which for me has been incredibly rewarding uh, and has become something of a guiding principle for the way that I live my life um, now and into the future. And so first and foremost, I want to thank you for listening. Thank you for joining me and us on this exploration. Uh, and I look forward to, to sharing. I look forward to sharing more of these conversations, my own, um, my own joy, my own questions and curiosity. And as I mentioned, my own practices of knowing myself as a part of uh, this bigger idea of living like I love myself. Until then, namaste. Hey there. Thanks so much for listening. I really hope that this conversation or the sharing has sparked some thoughts or some questions or some insights in your mind and body that'll stay with you and that will continue to inspire you as you get to know yourself a little bit better, no matter how challenging it might seem or sometimes feel. And if you're enjoying these conversations, please consider subscribing to the podcast. And by all means, feel free to share these episodes with anyone who you believe might benefit from them. If you are interested in past episodes or details of any of my books or courses or events, you can find all of that on my website at blissbodyandsoul.com. So thanks again. Until next time.